This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never role-played before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the great wizard Bukake, your host. Our heroes are under attack by gerbils as they move through the mines. Mrs. Paisley tried to communicate with the beasts but failed. Butthole was thrown off of a cliff but saved by a terrified Reginald. And Quinny saved Doc Huckleberry and kept the gerbils back with eldritch blasts. Can they survive their ongoing journey through gerbil-infested caverns? Find out next on Dom Doms and Dragons. You are currently within a cloud of tiny buttholes just <laughs> swirling around you, hanging on to their little hammers like a bunch of flatulent Mary Poppins. And you're making your way across a massive bridge with a chasm reaching beneath you in a spooky, spooky mine on your way into a car. So having uh, survived the initial onslaught of the, the, the feared gerbils, uh, you are now hauling ass, as I believe we determined last episode, uh, we, we were dubbing this, uh, out of here um, into the this sort of deeper into the mine. Um, Butthole, you summoned uh, your hammer guardians uh, just at the end of last episode there. Was the intent to make your way tactically across the bridge or to then sprint across the bridge with hammers flying around you? Uh, butthole was figuring tactically. It's really hard to keep a group of this size running and all together. So more like if they're going to come at us, the hammers will slow them down. The hammers will hurt them. The hammers are bright. It might scare them away just to get us into a tunnel. Uh, the hammers are good for up to 10 minutes. So they've got like a pretty good stretch here of some defense. As long as Uh, he doesn't get tagged, it's just concentration. Are these like golden? I'm just trying to imagine like, uh, like (laughs) it's a weird pull, but like, in my head, there's those levels in Donkey Kong Country where you can get like the little spinning golden versions of whatever creature you're riding. Is it like that? Like they're little like golden, yeah, like... golden yellow light as a lot of his magic has begun to okay, shift yeah. over to the flavor of. Okay, so very much like the butt hammer glow. Are uh, they wearing yes. your armor or are they like naked buttholes? Oh no, they're wearing the armor. Buttholes? Oh, okay. okay, they're in the whole deal. It's okay. it's not it's not a butthole on a butthole here. It's one it's one bit. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Great. So. <laughs> That means I need to roll some dice. What, because they're clothed? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Sorry, I mean, I, oh, I don't need to roll for roll disappointment dice. because that's just the stock standard. Um, no, I have to roll for something else uh, that I can't tell you about just yet. Um, cool. So that was Butthole's turn. We were kind of out of uh, initiative order, I believe, there. we kind of This all kind of happened on, on Quinny's round. Yeah, we had that little convo um, yeah. and then kind of got back into things. Yeah. Yep. I accomplished yep. a lot on my turn. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm going to take a belated then uh, gerbil turn because uh, you missed one. But what? that's fine. The gerbil does not appear. Um, okay. So, Butthole, that was your turn. What? Oh, God. Brings us to gerbil turn. No gerbil appears. Um <laughs> Mrs. Paisley, uh, you're moving kind of with like with the team. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, is there anything you'd <laughs> want to be doing? Uh, I think we've established that everyone is obviously moving forward. And I know you've got your spider legs popped on the mm-hmm. combat wheelchair right now. So you're skittering rather than rolling. Um, because Buttholes cast uh, the, the Hammer Guardians, there's kind of an immediate defense going on, which is great. Yeah. Uh, but I'm curious if there's anything else you would be doing as, uh, as I transform back into Juniper just because uh, her reach is a little bit longer. So for wielding the sword and making attacks if she has to, it's just smarter to do that. Cool. Can you roll um, a d6? <laughs> a death stare. Laura really knows how to get the DM on her side. That's one of her greatest strengths. It's too late. We're so far beyond that. It's a five. Okay, great. Um, so Juniper's got better reach. She's got the sword scattering along. Um, is there anything else you'd want to be doing? 
Um, I would just be wanting to stay kind of in the center of everyone just to give everyone like my auras of protection and warding and courage. Okay, great. Um, Keep so Reginald kind of... unfrightened for the love of God. <laughs> <laughs> but not completely unfrightened. That'll weaken him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. Uh, that's just like the, the, the sub-objective we can't get rid of on our status bars. Yeah. Just like keep Reginald from running the fuck away. <laughs> it's like, oh man, I really want to wrap that quest up, but it says wait. I don't know. Just an itch we can't scratch. Um, okay, great. Uh, so that's Juniper. God, he's and... just Falco. And Star Fox. <laughs> Just every time. Everybody anyway. do a barrel roll. Yeah. Um, that was a good pull, Laura. Well done. Thank you. Uh, okay. So one of the uh, the gerbils uh, emerges um, from a uh, one of the sort of high uh, gaps that you saw, uh, emerges from the darkness, um, trailing, um, uh, you know, like guts is the wrong term, but there's like flesh hanging off of it. Uh, oh. where the gunshot hit it. Um, and you can see it's trailing an arm that's kind of bouncing along uh, with, with the pistol still clutched in the hand. That's um, kind of like tangled up in its teeth, one of the, the wires. So it's just kind of trailing it like a weird, like its own little pet. Um, so it emerges uh, from the, uh, the alcove. Um, and again, there's like, uh, as a blur, um, but it comes to a screeching halt uh, at the edge of uh, that ledge, because again, there's like little kind of ledges all around. Um, it comes to a screeching halt and recoils at uh, the golden light. Okay. Um, and uh, you can see it's. Uh... Oh, well, actually, um, who's who's got uh, who would be what like Juniper? You're watching, butthole. You're concentrating on on the hammers, but like who who'd be on the lookout for things? Do we think right now? Probably Reginald, Juniper, and Quinny, I would imagine. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm sure Goblin Jr.'s just hanging out. You know, Goblin Jr. There. doesn't exactly look Doc, for stuff. Doc is here also yep. with significantly less arms. Okay. Uh, I need nature <laughs> checks, please. Nature. From those of you who feel like you would have... Those of you who feel like you could ascertain something from an animal's behavior. So if you're not that... Like, Doc Huckleberry does not know shit about animals, so he's not going to roll one. Um would you allow animal handling? Oh, uh, yeah, actually, I, I absolutely would. Yep, you can take That's that one. That's a ten. Cool. Um, <laughs> the good news is you do have Goblin Junior with you, and normally he only allows rerolls on attacks, but I'd let you take a reroll here because he can he can be adding his I snarfy rolled, uh, wisdom. I rolled a sixteen nature check. Reginald I... got a nine. These are gerbils. With advantage, I got eleven. <laughs> There's nerve. A little bit more. Um, cool. So, Goblin Junior doesn't care for them. That's yeah. all you know. Yeah, there's a lot of like, um, there's a lot of commentary about the lack of fur and how stupid they look uh, without it uh, from Goblin Junior. Um, cool. So, uh, inexplicably, Quinny's the only one who can uh, get get a, a read on the, these animals. Um, <laughs> so, Goblin Jr. would normally be helpful, but you did cast Speak with Animals, so you just have Goblin Jr. literally talking at you mm-hmm. about how Goblin Jr. doesn't like the gerbils. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Look at these guys. I like it. I don't, like, where, where, where's your fur, bud? Get, get, get some fur. Or, you know, if you don't need it, uh, dress better. What, what, what's going on with it? Uh, you know, just put in some effort. Uh, you know, that's all. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm being unfair. I'm <laughs> like, so Juniper, you're like, this is in your ear. You don't disagree, but it is taking up a lot of mental space. Um, <laughs> Quinny, um, you see this thing um, bolt, uh, like, at you with, with great uh, abandon, um, and then it screeches to a halt, um, recoils, and you almost see like a little bit like if you throw a ball over a dog's head and the dog is already midair and it just with everything in its power shifts its weight to try and catch the ball. Um, it So it recoils, um, but then it almost like leaps and um, writhes a bit. Again, we're very much into like weasel territory of like this, the length of this thing as it almost like turns over itself to try and get back at you. Uh, and you see it... Um, it's a very unnatural movement, um, basically. It's like, from your perspective, uh, from your, your nature role, 
you can absolutely like there, there's basically there's like a piece missing here for you, which is it running makes sense, it recoiling makes sense, it having this odd reaction to try and reattack while also kind of like recoiling from what it's seeing is confusing. Hmm. All right, everyone. The uh the weird uh man with a whistle theory may still be in play here. Uh these creatures are not acting exclusively like just wild rabid beasts. Case in point, this guy over here running away and then immediately coming back to try and get us again makes no sense. Um Goblin Jr., do you hear anything like high pitch that maybe we aren't hearing? Uh I, no, not not really. Uh, you know, hear a lot, a lot of a lot of scrabbling. It, it seems like they're moving, uh, you know, between tunnels and stuff. But I think you guys already already knew that. But uh, no, no, I'm not not hearing any anything to hear. Although, you know, it's kind of hard to hear in here. I mean, I, it's it, it's probably lost on on your ears. But for me, the echoes in here are are crazy. You know, it, it almost it deadens everything a little bit. You know, because the sound is just constantly bound. There's just for me, there's just a wall of sound everywhere. You know. You know, honestly, the the only the, the only like loud thing I heard was that bang. That bang was awful. Okay, uh, snarf, snarf. I mean, you know, he's just a doggo. <laughs> <laughs> just wonderful response to that tactical assessment. Just. To be clear, was that Laura or Juniper? I just want to be 100% hundred percent okay. Laura. I know, but I, eventually Laura. this will cross oh over into God. Juniper, and I can't wait. Just. The sounds are reverberating all around you. The only thing that really got through was that gunshot. Oh, such stinky little puppers. It's you. Yeah, it's you. Uh, thanks, I guess. And Butthole just looks down and goes, yeah, I know. It's pretty loud. I don't really like it either. Uh, and Juniper and Quinny, you both realize that Butthole has not cast Speak with Animals. He can just understand what Goblin Jr. is saying from Snarfs. There was a long stretch where Quinny believed that uh, Butthole was just, like, putting words in his mouth. But then, it, like, the relationship between the two, yeah. Years ago, Quinny drew the conclusion that for some reason these two can communicate. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's less a uh, a Han and Chewie thing and more like a Luke and R2 bit. Where it's like, okay. and Luke's like, uh, you're right. We probably should go check on the others and then also see if our gear's still there. I'm like, wow, two beeps, huh? Yep. Jesus. Um, all right. Uh, I think it's time to start entertaining that uh, some of that wonderful underground psychic stuff might be at play here too you know nasty uh nasty mind control stuff that we had going on in the the underdark something like that might be going on here too i hate to say it but what the fuck are you talking about i am going to tell you just enough to motivate you to stay with the group and carry on on the mission Okay, that's a good choice. Why shouldn't I run off on my own and abandon you? Juniper because... inches closer towards Reginald just to make sure her aura of courage is like fully enveloping him. <laughs> because there are uh, man-shaped creatures down here with squids for heads that can control you psychically and suck your brain out of your head. Oh, those. Okay, yeah, we have those at home. I mean, they're they're kind of nasty, but you can negotiate with them. They've got some sort of plan from another realm where they seem to have some sort of squid god. If you say the right thing and then you just offer up sacrifices, I mean, maybe we should just give them one of this group. I, I don't know who, and he's just quietly pointing to Doc Huckleberry while hiding his, <laughs> his, his gesture behind his shoulder. And I have to assume that Doc Huckleberry, being... In this group of people who have known each other for years and been on harrowing adventures together, must be like, oh, it's me, okay. <laughs> yeah, except I can only his, assume. His version of that is just making sure that his guns aren't up, but are close to up. Because <laughs> he's not right. a nice man. Like, yeah. it's cool that he's tagging along and stuff, but like, Reginald doesn't, it's not exactly like, 
oh yeah, Leanna, like you really care about your craft and other people come <laughs> with us. Rachel's like, are you the scariest scumbag I can find? Welcome aboard. Sleep where I sleep, eat where I eat. Um, but yes, he's 100% the one guy on Cannibal Mountain who knows he's the most succulent guy on Cannibal Mountain. Uh, so okay. he's got his guns up and he's like, yeah, the dog, right? Well, that's not that's not option A. So let's all just relax uh, and carry on across this bridge. <laughs> and Reginald please. is trying to map out whether or not that's a lie because he knows how good a liar Quinny is and he can't tell. <laughs> Legitimately, is like that could be plan A or it could not be plan A. He's going to play it smart. So he just gives Quinny a knowing wink and then moves forward. Quinny's perturbed by that, but <laughs> doesn't acknowledge it. Just what it got him going. It got him to carry on. Whatever. Great. Um, so we're at the top of the round. Uh, we are halfway across-ish because we Calvin balled what's going on in Initiative Wars and everything else. Um, Reginald, uh, you've just heard uh, talk of, of Illithids, but I mean, you're, I think, kind of relieved that it's just like... <laughs> what does Reginald call the Illithids, though? <laughs> like... Probably by their names. He knows Aww. a bunch of them. Like I thought it would be gerbil equivalent. Like, sir. Yeah. <laughs> From the sounds of it. I mean, Listen, but, right now you're asking in theory. You have a Reginald and you are characters in this scene. Yeah. Yeah, Juniper wouldn't waste the time to ask. Yeah, I like the judgments I've made about him <laughs> behind his back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you've, you've heard about uh, the Illithids, or as you call them, illithids um and <laughs> yep. uh yeah i guess i guess i'm really digging for here is do we need to do a role to see if you maintain your composure i feel like I, everybody your, seems really worried that reginald is going to abandon them by running into the darkness full of gerbils which is not a very <laughs> reginald move so i like reginald is kind of confused why they feel like they have to scare him more into not leaving the party because he's like before you get to the mine maybe after we get out of the mine maybe here the worst time to run in the history of running yeah. so he's pretty focused right, moving yeah. forwards but what he was what he does do is take out uh, like a handkerchief and rip it in half and and fold it up and jam it into both of his nostrils and then he takes out some like little like cheaply made sunglasses and puts those on because then the illithids can't get into his nose to his brain and he's got <laughs> something to block their vision if they try to hypnotize him so he's got like strategies from having dealt with them before uh, I deeply love I mean you all know my love of pocket sand and the idea of the Dale Gribble in King of the Hill just walks around with sand in his pocket in case he has to pocket sand someone this is the equivalent of that, which is you've been carrying tiny sunglasses around, probably not for the sun, but just in case. Oh, yeah, they're, they are illithid-based oh is the problem. So this, is, this is a very, like, Benny and the Mummy just having every religious icon to test. Like, I love it. Yeah, good stuff. I'm giving you a point of inspiration for uh, <laughs> that level Amazing. of paranoia and uh, <laughs> and cowardice. Good I love it God. deeply. Anything that makes me think about the Mummy gets a, gets a point of inspiration. <laughs> This episode is sponsored by Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective mind. But now we sell t-shirts and hoodies and water bottles and a ton of amazing products, all because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It is 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Honestly, we tried to do merchandise for years, either to make things that were high quality, to make things that we could ship easily, to make things shippable in multiple markets. We just could not find that answer until we found Shopify. Once we got set up with them, it has been a breeze. Money transfers, no problem. Payments converted, it makes it so easy. I don't have to do anything manual. None of our team does to be able to provide high, high quality merch. Shopify gave us the control to be able to make our business even more successful and 
can do that for you because Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify, and yours should too. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums, D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B-S now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's the way you get to hear this. Greetings, loyal citizen of the conglomerata. It is I, your beloved CEO, Grayson Typhus of Typhus Industries, and I am here today to dissuade you from joining a rebellious element that seems to be growing, the Dum Dums and Dice Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. These hilarious and heartwarming rebel elements are attempting to bring down our dystopian regime, and we simply cannot have that. I'm told that rebels are flocking to this Patreon and joining for as little as $1 a month. That gives them access to other rebels in a Patreon-only Discord where they can discuss all the things that have happened in the shows. For $5, you can get an ad-free feed, but who would want that? After all, ads are the best part of the show. And at higher levels, you can even create an NPC of your very own and get your name in the closing credits. And that part I can get behind. After all, recognition is great. But you're not a rebel, are you? No, you'd much rather be crushed under the boot of industry titans like myself. So carry on with your Patreon-free life. Unless, of course, you want these wonderful stories to continue, in which case me and my regulators will see you soon. Is there anything else you would do on on your turn? Uh, he's just going to be, I think, holding action with the flaming warhammer, which he wants to keep between him and anything that he sees. If they're afraid of the golden light, they can't like fire. He's got fire that's on a pole that he can keep like four feet away from himself and hit them with, which all sounds great. Yep, I dig that. Uh, um, okay, Quinny. Uh, keeping eyes and ears open, but really, it's we're moving together as a unit. I think he'll delay action as well. Of He's got two repelling blasts locked and loaded. For anyone who tries to get close, he can push him back. Great. Uh, speaking of people you can push back. All right. Um, one of the uh, the gerbils uh, skitters up. Um, one of the the uh, like um, crevice walls. Uh, however, uh, it is spooked by the the light, um, and you see that it rather than you know, like running up and uh, like aborting its attack like the other one did. It just kind of comes halfway up and does that like lizard thing like the like geckos do where it's just kind of like stays on the edge, uh, which is like very unnerving in for different reasons. Um, but uh, you can see it, its head kind of like tilt back at a vaguely unnatural angle. Um, like Based on the way this thing's spine looks, it shouldn't really tilt that way. Uh, it kind of cranks its head back uh, to to stare at you. Quinny's just saying, yep, I'm thinking mind control may be uh, a bigger and bigger option here, folks. Uh, um, I should ask, two of you have held actions. Uh, this gerbil is on the wall. It's not coming any closer, but it is ranged attackable if you are holding an like a ranged attack. Quinny's saving his push for anything that breaches the yep. protection. Fair enough. Just yeah, Reginald's carrying a great weapon. Smack so. an animal, you know. Yep. He's not going to train. This feels, like a, so. this feels like a distraction gerbil. <laughs> Reginald's like, ah, they show us that one, and then they come at us from behind. Clever yeah. gerbil. <laughs> um, all right. Cool. Into that. Uh, butthole. Butthole's just going to keep the group moving. His whole thing is keeping this spell active, focused, moving along the bridge, and just kind of like gently corralling people around him to make sure that they're at the inner center of the circle kind of right with him. So they can keep focused outwards. He's just using a hand to kind of steer them along with him. Yeah, it's a shame none of them have played video games because there's like almost always one of these, uh, whether it's, you know, the climax of Mass Effect 2 or like Evil Within just did a whole series on this. Like there's a whole, you know, if only they'd played games, but they haven't played those stage plays. Yeah, Quinny hasn't even seen a single stage play. I know, right? 
Not with I think you we guys. didn't ruin Lord of the Rings for him. Um, okay, great. Uh, it brings us to another <laughs> gerbil. Um, you see nothing. Uh, and Juniper. Yeah. What would you like to do? There is that one gerbil on the wall. Um, you're all like edging forward. How you're close is it? Uh, it's pretty. I mean, Ryan, you said your your uh, butthole's field is 15 feet. 15 feet in all directions from him. Yeah. All right, so it's probably about 20 feet away. It probably, like, it got as close to this as it could before it stopped, and now it is it is just stopped and watching. Um, are we, like, is it on, like, a wall? Like, we're on, like, a bridge? Yeah, so you're you're crossing uh, the chasm. It is below you, like, basically, it, like, on the walls of the ravine that go down. It is, like, it was climbing up that wall, in theory, probably to, like, leap up onto the bridge and attack you, but it stopped. So it's just a little below you. Um, probably like we'll say if you're crossing the bridge, it's a little bit off the left, but yeah. it is it is holding. I I'd like if I can to skitter quickly down to it and touch it if I can. I would like to cast cleansing touch to end a spell that's on it. Okay, so you're gonna leave the field to go. Yeah. Tip okay. Um. So, uh, Juniper, you kind of, like, skitter ahead, um, uh, suspended uh, with your, like, wheels above the ground. Um, kind of, we'll see you, like, go down and under the bridge and, like, run yeah. along the bottom of the bridge um, and, and skitter uh, over towards it. As soon as you leave the field, uh, it leaps at you. Um, well, that's great. I'll be able to touch it. It's doing <laughs> half the work. 100% true. Uh, who? That is, um, what's your AC again? 21. 21. All right. So that is two hits. Good God. Um, I will let you do your thing now, though, and then I'll tell you how much damage you take. Because I feel like this will happen. This will go off simultaneously. Like you reach out as you are. It's like gnashing yes. at you and, and slashing at you. Yeah. It's this is my action. It's my action part. It's all part of it. Just like trying to end a spell that's controlling it, hoping it's a spell. My butthole up top, like, reaches over to make sure Quinny's there, and then he reaches back, and he makes <laughs> sure that, you know, Goblin Jr.'s there, and Reginald, and then he reaches over for Juniper, and he's like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so you reach out, um, uh, press your hand against it. Um, it is uh, it is cold uh, and clammy. Um and uh, you you attempt to cleanse it as it drives its cracked teeth into your arm. Uh, and for your trouble, uh, you get a, a, a raked across the face for a total of 35 damage yeah. from the two attacks. Jesus. Um, no spell is dispelled. All right. Well, you know, <clears throat> important information to have. <clears throat> yep. Uh, Has anybody seen Juniper? <laughs> Up top, no idea, because this is happening at a different angle. <laughs> you just, just hear, like, like shrieking, like, oh, it's not a spell. Ah, oh, not a spell. What? <laughs> what? It's from it's... coming from below. <laughs> but we, we, no, I'm doing the spell so that we can get across the bridge and, and then leave. I bet she tried to touch one of them. I bet she tried to touch it. I bet it. I bet she did. Why would that she do that? Like She's got a big heart, but it it's, you know, we all make mistakes. <laughs> but I told her that it was a murder dribble. Quinny, would you pet a murder dribble? No. No, I, I wouldn't. Okay, do we have to help her? I don't really yes, know how to do yes, that. We do. She's upside down and under the bridge. We'll, have to, well something to out. reach the creature, she would have like, oh, no, you're right. She would, because it jumped her as soon as she got out of the field. So, yes, she's under the bridge. Just like the red, well, chill, then, red hot chili peppers. Well, then I guess we got to do the rope thing. And Butthole is already tying a rope around <laughs> Quinny's waist to just like sling him under to go help. Great. The um, gerbil up top um, uh, writhes uh, like particularly violently um, once more, and you hear a, a rending of bone. Uh, just like a sickening, squelching crack as uh, as bones crack in it. Um, it slumps uh, kind of down to the ledge uh, and then starts claw-dragging itself uh, towards the edge. 
We're just at the top of the round. Uh, Reginald. You've reached the... Well, I mean, uh, I guess we're not all moving together because we're doing team rope scapades. Uh, so... Yeah, Reginald's not leaving the this, edge. Reginald's not leaving this fucking field. Uh, I think he's just... If that one is... Is it pulling itself towards the ledge to, like, fall towards where they are or towards... I mean, it's... Uh, so it is behind you. It's at the the far end of the bridge. So if it okay. pulls itself off of this, it's going to have to drag its ass across the bridge to get you. So it's still a ways away. I think Reginald is going to be on security then. If Butthole is like starting to tie a rope around Quinny, then Reginald's just going to be there with like the hammer hefted, just ready to bat anything that comes at them off yep. either side. Cool. I dig that. Um, Quinny, you're going for a ride. <laughs> Yep, I guess so. Um, does that mean that the <laughs> rope is tied, or is it hasn't been tied yet? Because it's uh, we can say it's tied. I gotta All make right. you burn a turn waiting for a knot. Well, I was just gonna go without the rope. <laughs> um, <coughs> All right. So Quinny says, uh, "Hang on, Juniper, we're coming," and I'll, I'll just jump off the side of the the bridge. Like uh, what? I, what does I, he see? Well, I mean, first, and I know I don't really care, but I need that acrobatics check oh, from okay. you. Uh, it's a 13. Uh, 28. <laughs> cool. Um, all right. So uh, leaping uh, out over the, the edge, you see um, Juniper uh, having kind of reached out to touch uh, th- this gerbil, and it is like on her and-, and clawing at her. This one doesn't seem to be making any attempt to escape. Um, it's instead just like focused on on uh, the the gnashing of teeth and the the slashing of claws. All right, then as I'm as I'm jumping over the side of the bridge upside down, I fire off to uh, Eldritch blasts, yep, go try to get this thing off off of Juniper. Natural 20. Nice. And the second blast is going to be a 22. Uh, Both hit. All right. So are we rolling uh, double damage dice for the nat 20? Yeah. Okay. So that is... um, Sorry, my brain just went away for a minute. Uh, 13, 13 damage, and it gets pushed away from her 10 feet, and then a little follow-up shot, nine damage. Plus another 10 feet? (laughs) Plus another 10 feet, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Amazing. So you blast this thing, it ricochets off one of the walls, uh, and you just hear a crack and crunch of bones, um, and it sort of like tumble flails uh, down uh, into the ravine. Uh, notably, no no cries of pain um, or, or any... Exclamations. Yeah. Um, just as the rope goes taut, Quinny would just like to swing under the bridge and loop back up and land on yeah. the top again it's in the field fine. of safety. Racing your way home. It's fine. Um, yep, yeah, you you soar up and over and uh land successfully. Great. Quinny will untie the rope uh and uh and he'll say uh she should be able to get up on her own. She's got the the spider legs going. Yeah, so Jennifer, you're able to rejoin. Um, with the immediate threats kind of handled, um, you're able, all of you are able to uh, move kind of across the bridge uh, and into the uh, the, the large uh, sort of tunnel gap. Uh, you've got a little and bit of a... Cl- Ju- Juniper will relay to that that they were, like, it was cold to the touch, maybe undead. Yeah, you can actually have this chat if you want, because you basically find yourselves in, in a large, oh, bored-out tunnel. No, no worries. Um uh, that kind of leads up, and you've got a little bit of a climb ahead of you. Uh, it's clear, again, that this is an expansion um, space. You can actually see an old path in the center um, that uh, is much more ornate, much more in line with the uh, the break room of mourning. Um, but it seems as though the space around it has been hollowed out uh, in a much more cavalier fashion, um, suggesting that the break room was there a long time ago and the rest of it was added, was dug out later. But uh, you do have this, a few. This moments. feels like another stretch goal, says Butthole. <laughs> yeah, um, because this is purely a transport tunnel. There aren't a bunch of those little alcoves off of this one, uh, so you have a couple moments to to catch up. So I feel like a few of the characters in the party will probably have something to say about cold, clammy stuff. So I leave it to you. 
Yeah. Uh, just so I understand the context of this conversation, though, we're still being protected by a butthole spell. Yeah, yeah we're still for, being pursued by the by these so, mole rat creatures, right? Two of them. Two of them are pretty well incapacitated. Uh, there's mm-hmm. the one that you eldritch blasted away. There's the other one that cracked its own bones that is sl- slowly slouching towards you. Um, one of them is unaccounted for, but the walls in here are smooth. There aren't cracks. There aren't crevices. So it's it's just like... Two directions they could come from. Ahead that's of right. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's one of those kind of like... And these... Like this always like bugs the hell out of me in like video games or honestly in horror movies where it's like, you know, the threat is still back there, but it's back there and it like, for now at least, it can't really come too much closer to you. You don't think... Okay. Uh, so I think it's like it's not like a casual jaunty walk, but it is a we're keeping an eye on the scary thing that's back there, but it's back there kind of kind of right. Work, okay, makes sense. Uh, Juniper, what the hell were you thinking? Well, I was thinking if if they were being controlled by a spell, and I could end the spell, then we'd have a you know gerbil on our side. Oh, and you got to touch him to do that. Yeah, it's cleansing yeah, I mean- touch. This kind of feels All like right. if we're on our, our way for a suicide mission to try to take over a kingdom, then risking one's life by abandoning the team into a very hard position for anyone to help you in the hopes of saving a single dribble may not be the best call. I mean, I, we learned something. Take what we can get out of this. Also, yeah, the I'm, not, thing I'm not saying we should abandon co- the knowledge. Look, also, they were they're cold and clammy. I'm, I'm thinking they might not even be alive. I mean, that makes sense because we haven't seen any poop. And, well, then, you know, they seem pretty big, so they probably would have pooped everywhere. I don't know if you've been in buildings with rats. Oh, I've been in buildings with rats, and they shit all over the place. Right where they eat. It's disgusting. They're like most of my soldiers. Okay, but then it's not magic that's reanimated them? Is this a result of, you know, hell tipping over and all the dead coming back to life that way? That doesn't make sense to me. Well, I mean, what kind of spell did you try to cast on it? Butthole asks, just so I can clarify which uh, voice you're engaging with. I tried to end a spell. Oh. Well, it could have been animated maybe by a potion or something or some other That's thing true. going on. Cold is bad. But yeah, so I think, okay, we'll try some stuff to see if we can stop them if they're undead. That feels like a good strategic move. And Juniper... Don't run away to places where we can't get to you because that's bad for you and for us. Given that we have a haven with a room full of potions, do we know anything about potions to reanimate the dead? Especially that it used to belong to a guy who wanted to save his wife? Uh, You can roll me an investigation and spend two stress. Okay. Okay. 14 and do oh dirty 20 all right um it's definitely been attempted uh i think it would be some pretty high level shit um to not to alchemically do that i don't know if there is such a potion available in 5e offhand maybe the internet can tell me um but my gut, like my GM ruling before I actually looked this up is that it would be very fucking rare. I, I'm sure it's possible, but like you got to do some pretty heinous shit to get necromancy working in any real way. And if it's like reanimate a corpse to just kind of run around and attack stuff, I don't know. But let's find out. Uh, reanimate. Mate. Corpse. Yeah, there we go. Five E. While we're all dead. thinking on this, uh, Juniper is laying on hands on herself, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so she's not quite as fucked up. And Butthole is formulating a plan for when his hammers run out. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, it looks like there is uh, an oil of animate dead uh, that Makes would sense. allow you to rub it onto a corpse or bones to create a zombie or a skeleton. So hypothetically possible. Um, I think what you would have found from the necromancer's notes for, for that specific necromancer, at least is that it, it wasn't a viable, it's too costly, too unpredictable and not sustainable. Hmm. Um, 
which for him was a real problem because sustainability was kind of the name of the game. Okay. <laughs> you just want to bring her back and be like, hi, what's up? <laughs> um, yeah, but possible. Apropos of nothing, uh, the one feature this tunnel does have um, that seems to have been added after things were bored out uh, are uh, every, like basically at a third, sorry, I guess, sorry, every quarter of the tunnel, uh, there is another um, uh, broken or kind of like ancient uh, glass uh, cylinder atop a stone cylinder with uh, small... Um, like a little bin next to it. Uh, noticeably no cups. There are no cups in any of these. But. Filled with the blue liquid? Uh, no, all these are, uh, they're like, you might find one that has some like real scummy slime in the bottom, but there's no, there's no blue liquid in any of these. Hmm. Okay, so we could try stuff if they're undead and I've got an idea if the light was keeping them back, of what we can do when my little hammer people run out. But how do we get out of here? Obviously, that there's way. kind of... <laughs> it's, it's, it's a tunnel. So not, not the way we just came. That way. I kind of like that. Okay, that's a good plan. Let's do that. Yeah. Uh, Butthole's just <laughs> thrilled and ready to march onwards. He's not going to ask more questions. He <laughs> believes people's <laughs> philosophies. <laughs> So up you go. Uh, you continue uh, sort of up the um, uh, up the rampway, and uh, you come to uh, sort of a, a small junction area with uh, with a variety of paths, uh, kind of jutting off of it. Um, again, this is like a because this tunnel is large; it opens into a large junction area. Um, the three tunnels that lead off of this space are all also large. Uh, unfortunately, they're about the same size as the one you just came through. Um, the one on your left uh, looks very uh, like well crafted. Um, it's uh, relatively ornate, um, not quite as clean as the break room of morning, um, but definitely in that same style. There's clearly been a lot of like care and attention put into this. Uh, there were one uh, directly uh, ahead of you um, gives off a, um, uh, you can actually feel heat, just like a, a faint mm -hmm. uh, warm breeze uh, coming from it. Um, and uh, the one to your right uh, has a variety of, of tracks uh, built into it that kind of terminate at this this junction point. Um, and you can see there have been some sort of like hollowed out uh, alcoves to either side of that entrance um, with large um, uh, rusted out um, mine carts, uh, larger than the ones you saw before and uh, markedly less ornate. All right, well, I would say Fuck the alcoves. That's where bad things happen. Uh, the fancy way is probably a straight shot out. However, if we feel a breeze here, air has to come from somewhere that isn't deeper in the cave. So I'm thinking we go up the breeze path, says Reginald, hefting his hammer, looking nervous. Are we in a car yet, Reginald? That's a great question. Where we are right now is underground. I don't know. There's no map. I'm just saying we're, we're, the plan is to come up from underground once we're in a car. We come I think up that's to the a secondary level. goal. I think our first goal is to not die in this cave. So if we can get up somewhere, fuck it, I'll fly you over the wall. I don't give a shit. I don't know where we are. It's very scary down here. Why is this the thing? Because I'm pretty sure the plan is not to come up above where scouts or sentries can see us until it's time for us to come up in the heart of a car. Well, do should we go look? You, you could turn invisible and like climb out and see where we are. Maybe it'll give us an idea of where the hell we are relative to the rest of the world. If, there, if there's an opening. Again, it's just this tunnel, tunnel, tunnel. We could try that, yeah. Uh, Juniper, did your um, other persona have any anything on the map up to this point, or is this all new now? Uh, no, we hadn't really entered here yet, so aside from that exit that we, you know, just passed through, uh, uh, no. Juniper, can you roll me a, uh, let's go with in, uh, wisdom. Who's rolling? Juniper. A oh. straight wisdom? Uh, wisdom save, please. Darn it, says Butthole. Wisdom I was save. really hoping we could rely on those etchings. 
I'll give you advantage. Oh, that's better. 24. Um, Butthole, it seems like you may have hit on what I was going for here anyway, but um, it occurs to you, Juniper, that if, like a good hotel, uh, they etched uh, maps into the wall previously, uh, there may be one in here as well. Mm. Uh, so quick... Uh, look around. Sure enough, um, you find one etched into the wall that you can do a rubbing of. Um, this one is a little bit more complete. Um, oh, that's and looks, nice. Uh, looks older. Um, the previous one, as you'll recall, was written in a bunch of different hands. Yeah. Uh, this one looks to be the work of three, um, and all of them are very uh, professional looking. So you can see three distinct styles. Uh, the easiest way I can describe this is like, you know, the, like the J.R. Tolkien embellishments he would add where he'd like put like two dots. Like it's that kind of script. Um, mm. Even though it's it's done in different hands, you can tell that all three people are like practiced etching calligraphers. If that's etchists, I suppose. Uh, and or <laughs> sketchists. Um, so, yeah, you can tell that it's it's much more uh, workmanly. There's There's mm. an artistic quality to it. Um, from what you can see here, um, this junction uh, leads off into um, sort of uh, a few different spaces. What's odd is uh, no, uh, there's nothing odd. Um, there is a to your left. Uh, it seems to lead to um, the uh, uh, the the um, the big desk. Um, and Wait, that one what? is like written in like some, some proper fucking calligraphy. Um, and, uh, there's even a, a small, um, uh, sketch of a very, very benevolent looking, uh, uh, dwarf, but like done in that Norse style where it's like very much in profile. Um, but very benevolently like arms, arms in the air, like rays of, of like light coming out of, uh, his hands. Um, so that's to your left. Uh, directly ahead of you, um, there is a um, a storage space. Um, it's it's this one is done a lot quicker, and less fancy, um, but it's essentially just a a large um, uh, uh, storage space, uh, and it says um, uh, processing and sorting. Um. And to your right, uh, it leads off into a massive room uh, labeled um, uh, main dig site. Off of the main dig site, um, there are another sort of few small uh, offshoots, but they all just seem to be to kind of like functional mine spaces. Um, so nothing particularly interesting. Of note to Reginald, perhaps more than anyone, uh, there is not a clearly defined exit anywhere on this map it seems to terminate in all of these various rooms knowing that these are sort of like deep mining dwarves that's not entirely surprising uh, but it does stand out as odd given what reginald knows of the mines all right so that's weird as hell uh i would say we go to the big guy's office if someone's going to have a map it'll be the person running the mine that makes sense Couldn't agree to me more. Wouldn't mind stopping by storage, you know, just briefly see if we can nab something good. Might be useful, might be tools, might be weapons, I don't know. Might be All right. Money. I think let's let's rob the storage and then rob the boss's office. This is great. So storage first or boss's office first? Storage first, then boss's office. Yeah, works for me. Uh, amazing. Okay. So um, keeping together in your, your field of tiny buttholes, uh, you make your way through the junction um, straight ahead. And as, uh, as you walk, um, you, uh, you actually descend a, a flight of like roughly hewn stairs. There's a ramp. Um, you can see uh, there are um, like inlaid tracks. Um, however, they've been filled in. Um, so it's a little bit like if you're, you're ever on a street that has like streetcar tracks in it where they've just like poured asphalt into it to try and level it out. And it's generally a really shitty job. Yeah. You can still see the metal, but it's that kind of situation. Um, and uh, as uh, as you move down, uh, you just find yourselves getting uh, hotter and hotter. Um, and it's not like a breeze so much. It's just a, a heat uh, that's that's sort of sitting in the air. 
Um, and uh, as you uh, reach the the bottom of the the ramp of the stairs, um, it's uh, you're getting you're getting a little sweaty. It's it's kind of gross, and you can smell a deep earthy smell. Uh, and you are surprised as you step in, uh, sort of as you reach the, the bottom of the landing, uh, not to find uh, the the promised storage room, um, but instead to find a large, ancient, abandoned forge. This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and RDM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Dum Dums and Dragons' artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser, and our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Spot Alan, Flynn 1138, Alorraine Okapi, OMG, it's Big Nick. D&D and Things, Norma Byers. Schrodinger's Pepper. Guy Edwards. Flea Unit. Madre de Gatos. Lady Maiden. Melissa Rain. Nithrian. Garbo Ape. Locke. Sam Schaefer. And Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Check out this place. You'd love to retire here? What is this? Oh God, what have you done? Ah! Spaceships. Season two. Out now on podcast platforms across the galaxy.